0: so good evening everyone good evening how to enter into rise bhakti which is our ultimate objective and the whole practice of sadhana bhakti bhava bhakti ending in praying bhakti uh, is towards that end of ending, entering into vraj and uh, absorbing ourselves so much in Krishna that uh, there's We're completely consumed by that relationship. Of course, Krishna is not alone, so it's not that we're going there alone, and it's not there that we will be alone. Uh, There's a whole host of other wonderful associates uh, there, so it is a full community, and that is our uh, greatest aspiration. So the process of devotional practice all the great acharyas are providing us with a a road map so to speak uh, through their various uh, commentaries to bring us to that place that's truly undescribable it's not going to be possible for for us to go there intellectually or mentally. We have to go there with our with our hearts. But that doesn't say that we do not use our intellect and we do not use our mind and we actually even use our senses. All with the objective of of reaching up to the plane of unadulterated service completely service attitude uh, no enjoying uh, attitude left that is Raj Bhakti that's its very unique characteristic is utter selflessness so we've been taking a look at Srila Bhakti Vinod Thakur's presentation of the symbolic significance of the various demons that Krishna kills in Vrajabhumi Vrajabhumi being when Krishna exhibits his pastimes in the material realm or displays them I think is a better way to understand it because he's coming and he's manifesting his pastimes But he's not in the material realm. Of course he is too. I mean Krishna is everywhere. But what we mean by that is he brings his abode to us who are not able uh, due to our conditioning to go to his abode. So he he comes uh, and manifests his abode here and he manifests what are referred to by the acharyas as occasional pastimes. Uh, They're not permanent pastimes. Those permanent pastimes are referred to by uh, the acharyas as eightfold and loving exchange with Krishna Uh without separation they're always manifest in Galoka and there's, there's, no, there's no stoppage there there's no time that they're not manifest here they come and they go so they're referred to as occasional uh, how often do they come and go? once in a day of Brahma How long is that? It's a long time. So Srila Bhakti in his unique way, has uh, come from, has taken from Krishna's occasional pastimes and specifically his killing of the demons or chastisement of the demons. Sometimes they're not killed. Actually, none of them were killed. Well, actually, no one's ever killed. But that's another thing. knows But he, he draws from those occasional pastimes and the dispatching of the demons uh, a, a significance and equates the various pastimes, occasional pastimes, as symbolic of obstacles in our devotional practice. And this is is good for us in in a number of ways. First of all, it's good to know that Krishna is dispatching our obstacles. So if we can see the symbology of that and if we can understand how affectionate he is to his devotees, and allow him to come in and do the job every time an obstacle comes, we can rely on him. Uh, what do we lean on him? I think is a song yeah. <laughs> so uh we can lean on Krishna we can see that he actually is that affectionate to his devotees as he exhibited in his pastimes in Raj Bhumi and he will relieve us of these obstacles if we simply have uh, have the good sense about what's going on to request that he had his assistance to help uh, a prayfulness about our service a, a humility a natural humility that Krishna there's no way I can overcome these these obstacles unless unless you intervene on my behalf but there's also some, some little work on our part there's one prayer, I forget the exact Sanskrit, about uh, a lame man can cross mountains and uh, a blind man can see through the power of devotional practice. But So that power is coming from Krishna, but it's not that the lame man doesn't have to try to walk. So it takes both, some effort on our part, and as I said, before in, in speaking of these uh, these symbologies Krishna is really doing the heavy lifting so we'll quickly review what we've the first demons Bhutana Putana uh, coming as a false nurse uh, Bhaktivedanta said that she symbolized a false guru and at the infancy of our spiritual life we know we want something more and we know we need guidance to attain knowledge of spirituality but we're so young and so inexperienced that there's every chance that we will be led asunder by somebody who's uh, not truly looking out for our best interest in discussing uh, false gurus, he specifically Bhakti Vinod Thakur points to those gurus who encourage material material bhakti, uh, enjoying bhakti or mukti. They may come forth and say, uh, "You worship like this, and you get elevation to the heavenly planets, or some such material benefit." or if you worship like this uh, I'll give you some mantra meditate in this way you'll be able to attain liberation both of these things uh, are are not of any true spiritual significance Uh, materialism is not of any significance to our spiritual well-being and uh, merging into the supreme is uh, well there's not much to it in fact there's nothing to it that's why they call it <laughs> myvat. Then we have trinavarta, uh, and this is the whirlwind of what Kubinod says: false arguments, um, explaining uh, in his symbology, his symbolic representation that. Um, Trinavarta you know, the whirlwind is like the whirlwind of conceptions regarding spirituality that we we bring to our to us when we come to spiritual life. We think it 's like this or like that, only to learn the best thing is to 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 throw everything out and simply learn from somebody who knows. We don't really need to argue but our nature is to be argumentative and to think that well actually this is what the guru means when he said that when really he was just saying very straightforward no it's like this we said we, we trying to think we want to put it in our perspective so we have this tendency to twist it up ourselves so this is Trinavarta he, he puts us in a twister our mind becomes all twisted up where we have our conception of spiritual uh, concepts which are are not very well situated. Then we come to the cart demon. Uh, In his Krishna Samhita, where these demons are discussed, uh, the, the order is reversed on Trinavarta and Sakata, the cart demon. The cart demon uh, is representative of putting religiosity above the objective of devotional life. What we mean by that is... um, to put the practice itself um, above the goal of the practice Uh, Rupa Goswami in his Upadeshamrita uh, refers this as Niyamagraha following the rules and regulations just for the sake of following them and thinking that in and of itself is religiosity is spirituality No, it's a means to an end if you see the end otherwise it's a means to nothing it's just it's not good unless we have see clearly what the goal of spirituality is and that that goal is is attachment The supreme, unless we see that and have that as our objective, simply having a practice centered around religious formality does not equate to spirituality. So, you may be a great, you may the world of man may look at you and say, Oh, he is so moral, he's so upstanding. He's he's such a religious person. He's in church every week or he's in mosque every day or he's offering his prayers three times a day or he's chanting three times a day. But if his objective is just the chanting or the bowing down or the weekly listening to the weekly sermon, then that is what... Octavian is here referring to having a cart of religious practices standing between us and the sunlight of spiritual life it needs to be kicked out of the way does that mean we abandon moral principles and proper conduct in this world of man no it does not it means though we don't put the cart before the horse. The cart is not the objective. Mm. So, the cart demon. And thus we come to Vatsasura, who is what? He is a demon and he is a shape shifter, and he shifted his shape from this demoniac form to that of a calf Krishna was in the calf herding community then still in his uh, Kumara age and he snuck amongst the calves and with the name of, uh, of doing some mischief and Krishna pointed about out to Balaram and said hey look over there that one looks a little awkward I don't remember calling his name. Did you call him? I don't, I don't know. I've never even seen him. He's here with the rest of the calves. What's going on? Machvinod points out the symbology of... Basically, he calls them juvenile offenses. What's juvenile about them? They're just a rebellious, rebelliousness on our part... To hold on to material enjoyments, um, and we're pretty stubborn about it in the beginning. Determined as anything to, you know, kick up our hooves and, <laughs> and still try to enjoy things here and there. So Krishna detects this in us, and he will—he will easily uh, dispatch it if we simply ask his assistance. The interesting thing is when we see any of these things, we observe these. This tendency to to over to overthink the fact that I'm 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 a great devotee because I'm I'm a religious or i you know I'm following all this. No understand we're following all this to become a lover not not to make our hard heart and when we see this coming into us. we can think Krishna, krishna Krishna you dispatched you know this uh, uh the cart demon you kicked it over, please you help me kick these this idea out that I'm such a great devotee just because i can I can. Follow the regulative principles. It has nothing to do with my attachment to you. I don't taste your holy name yet. I just want to taste your holy name. So please kick this idea out idea out of here that the taste is going to come by the by the religiosity of my mentality. No, the taste will come when all I want is is when I develop a true uh, greed for tasting that holy name so please let that come or uh, you know false arguments or here we see juvenile offenses still wanting to enjoy the senses this you know some or another we can we can think of Krishna destroying these demons in Nivraj Lila and it has a great effect it has an effect that we can take shelter of Krishna's protection what do we call this? We call this surrender, right? Krishna is my provider. Krishna is my protector. I do what's favorable. I give up what's unfavorable. These six items of surrender, well, one of them is that I take Krishna as my protector. So, Krishna, this we can see in this in these obstacles and how the symbology is there that we need to we need to surrender to Krishna's protection without that what's the hope of of conquering over these things Uh, this divine energy of mind consisting of the three modes of material nature is impossible to overcome difficult Krishna says it's difficult because he knows he can help us but without that help there's no overcoming the modes of material nature unless we come to Bakasura a little more serious a large duck more like a stork long beak explained in the Bhagavatam so Hmm. is a stork a duck mm-hmm. what's a stork it's a bird, it's a stork. Yeah. It's a bird. that's where babies Good. come from that is what that's what, I that's what way I've way always heard that's anyway cheating religion of sectarian formalities and pseudo-renunciation Bhakti Vinod explains it in this way a quote from the from the Krishna samhita he writes there is it, it is the eternal duty of vaishnavas to develop the symptoms of love by associating with and serving devotees while remaining indifferent to external formalities when looking at Bhakasura, he's given us this explanation bakasura res- represents jumping ahead in religious practice and taking on practices that we've yet developed the qualification to enter into. The export spiritual master will guide us step by step. And there are steps Vadao, Shraddha, Tata, Sadhu, Sangha, Bhajanat, Kriya, Anartha, Nista, Ruchi, Asakti, Bhava, Pray. These are stages. We go through and advancing stages of devotional practice. Bhakasura represents our tendency to want to jump ahead without qualification to that end we will accept a false guru somebody who's willing to cheat us and tell us you you just take up these practice sit here in the kund and become a babaji i'll tell you who you are in frauds Chant Krishna's name twenty-four hours a day, and, and and this is the perfection of your life. Well, he's right. That is the perfection of your life. Rupa Goswami points it out, Lupadeshamrita. There's not a better place to live than there. At the birth at the bathing place of, of Srimati Radharani. But you can't go there before you are you've You've at least developed some unquenchable taste for the holy Name. It means you can't get enough of the Holy Name now when your taste for the Holy Name is unquenchable and you must chant it twenty-four hours a day so much so that you don't care for eating, you don't care for sleeping, you don't care for anything else than tasting the holy Name continually when you come to that stage of absorption in the taste of Krishna's holy name then that's the right time prior to that well we've seen by example those that try to jump the gun have a difficult time it would be nice let me go and reside there Rupa Goswami says in his Upadesha Amrita I need to reside there in Vrindavan, and of all the Vrindavan, I need to reside you know at this special place and there continually remember, well there's the key continually remember means there's nothing else going on except that remembrance So Bacchasura represents this tendency we have to want something cheaply or something for nothing. Well, Lord Chaitanya actually did break open the storehouse of of Prame, and he's distributing it and we're never going to be able to re to, to pay back what that what's that's worth, but he does request that we we Chaito Darpa Mart, we purify our heart. And that purification generally takes some time. No, well, there's Kripa City, there's uh, Sadhu uh, Sadu Sadu Kripa, there's you know, there is a perfection which is just extraordinary. mercy where you may not go through the steps by step that's the exception not the norm there's not a lot of honorary degrees most people graduate by going to the full term and, and making good enough grades to pass at least let's try to get a passing grade But to try to think that immediately let me let me go up and walk across the stage and, and sit at the sit at the head of the class is 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 our cheating tendency. So that's his Bacchusur. This is the symbolization of Bacchusora. Augasura much time do we have Agasura. Bhaktivedanta Thakur looks at agasura and in his, in his Krishna Samhita he doesn't explain much in the body of the text he refers us to an essay that he wrote specifically on uh, whoops I'm jumping ahead sorry jumping ahead to Kaliya. so Agasura because I saw the words here intolerance and cruelty so when we get to, to Kaliya, we'll see these words again Agasura the python swallowed up all of Krishna's associates all the cows calves Calves at the time. Oh, Agasura, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of Kalia. Yeah, no, sick. I know I jumped ahead, I'm sorry. Rewind all that, erase all that <laughs> and go back. Okay, Agasura, so the python. So and he actually they died. And uh this is the first time Krishna, you know, showed his his strength in protecting. Before that he just dispatched all the demons who had attacked him personally but now this uh, Agasura attacked his friends so Bhakti Vinod Thakur points out that Agasura represents a lack of compassion for others and he points out very simply that and this is a quote from the book that the basis uh, there needs to be a basis of our devotion that is compassion for all living entities and that there's truly no distinction between that level of compassion and devotion to Christians You can't really separate the two. We learn how to love Krishna by loving in the world. This isn't a false compassion. This is the compassion the devotee has that as he purifies himself, he develops a natural compassion for everyone. Now we see this We see this in our character in the world, even irrespective of of spiritual practice. We like to share something that we get that's good. Did you see that movie? Wow, you've got to see that movie. It was a great movie. Have you been to the new restaurant down there? I tell you. Or have you seen this Broadway show? Or... Did you read this book? So whatever circles we're in, when we come across something that's really enjoyable, we like to we like to share that so this is this is a natural we have this natural tendency. Of course, I'm using the material analogies here, just to it's it's there. So naturally, when it comes to spiritual life. As we begin to purify ourselves, as we begin to, to, to truly come into our spiritual life, uh, advancing in the association of devotees, we naturally want, we have a compassionate nature that's going to come out. That, that nature is there. And it's how we, we show love. Now, the devotees specifically show that love amongst themselves as we just learned from Rupa Goswami and Upadesh Amrita. Dadati Pratigrinati Guya Vakyati Prichate Bhote Chava Sadvidim Lakshanam So, accepting food, giving food, accepting gifts, giving gifts inquiring and revealing knowledge confidentially secret knowledge so this is, this is a characteristic of, of the loving exchange uh, between one devotee and another but the devotees are so kind that even though there's the possibility of offending the holy name itself through telling people that really have no interest about it. They, they kind of walk a thin line there. They don't, they don't give too much knowledge because people will not believe it. But they certainly want to spread the holy name around. So they sometimes do their best to give people that have no interest at all in some little bit of knowledge. So that's the compassion that Bhaktivedo is referring to here in talking of uh, Agasura is when there's a lacking of that compassion uh, to let people take advantage and uh, a lacking of a compassion between within our own sangha of devotees uh, giving, accepting gifts, actually having uh, loving relationships in that way then uh, that's representative, symbolic of uh, Agasura. Consumes, consumes our spiritual life. Cuts us off. Next, he speaks of the Brahma Vimohan Leela. Now, the way he presents these demons is not uh, chronological, according to Krishna Leela. Does jump a little back and around, um, and he he points out the that the Brahma Vimodhan Leela and of course we know that's uh, the illusion. Uh, the illusioning of Brahma was really who was illusioned. So the illusioning of Brahma, uh, who thought he was stealing the calves and the cows. Calves. No calves at that point. But right after the next year then the cows came, so. Uh, so he 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 equates that, Mohan Leela, with our being illusioned by the flowery words of the Vedas. That's an obstacle. Remember, all these things are obstacles to our devotional progress. So this obstacle of being, getting carried away by, well, wow. If I follow a codice, I was told when I became a devotee, I follow a codice. Then I saw this a codice book. Did you see what happens if we follow this one? Mm -hmm. Maybe I should actually fully fast on this one because, wow, I get, you know... This accidency is going to give me wow! I, did, I mean, the explanation was pages. I'm going to get to go to heaven. I'm never going to have to be sick again in my life. I'm never going to be bitten by a snake. I'm never going to be bitten by a dog. I'm never going to be scratched by a cat. Or uh, you know, the, the, I'm never going to be rain when it when it wet when it when it rains. I'm not even going to get wet and. Uh, you know, whatever woman I see that I like, I'll marry and, uh, just, just by following a goddessy. No, that's the flowery words of the Vedas. We won't call them a trick, but they're kind of a trick because they're tricking us, not in the fact that they're not re- truthful, they're tricking us into thinking that that's of some value we're already convinced that material life is valuable so they're playing on our illusion to say, well, okay, let's at least get him to be a little regulated here oh, let me put this ecotasy stuff out here you know I mean, I used to read this book and I would be like, wow and I thought, this is Krishna consciousness and then luckily somebody told me I was an illusion that those illusions that are in the Akhanda book are that, they have nothing to do with the v- pure devotional service, and we wouldn't sh- shouldn't be attracted to that. So that's what we're talking about here in this Brahma Va This is not what we're going after, and we're not protecting cows in order to, you know, attain some some great material benediction, and we're not. It's it's that's these karma kanda enticements of the Vedas are of no significance to us. And this this enticement to attain liberation, we want to be lovers of Krishna. That loving reciprocation makes all these other things. Well, you'd say pale, but pale doesn't even give it justification. Imagine the loving reciprocation between Krishna and his devotees. This is what we aspire to. These other enticements. So, Brahma Vamohan Leela means as we're striving for the goal, we become sidetracked by the flowery words of the Vedas. And we're overcome by the arguments of the other spiritualists who entice us by these flowery words. The Mayavadis will say, Oh, here. Lord Chaitanya says, don't hear from the Mayavadis. Well did you hear that? You know, we're God. We're you know we can merge into the Supreme and you know never again feel any material suffering. Devotees like you know, oh, the worm just fell out. I'm sorry here. get back in your home. What do we care? It's a body it's, that's the mood of the devotee, full of compassion for a worm that's eating its body. This is the Brahmamohan Leela and its representation. And we'll move ahead to Danukasura. Now, I know I read the description of Danukasura. Nukasura. Nukasura. What happened to Kali? He hasn't come yet. He hasn't come yet. He's. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not giving you the numbers of the obstacles. So, Brahma Vamohan is the seventh obstacle. I'll give you my notes. So, you'll have one after another. So, next we come to the eighth obstacle according to Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur's Krishna Samhita Denukasura Denukasura um, and we know what again, uh, again uh, there, there's some real significance here now because now with this 8th obstacle although, although Bhaktivedanta doesn't bring it out in Krishna Samhita He does bring it out in his uh, Chaitanya uh, Sikh Samrita Uh, Sikh Samrita, yes He brings out the fact that two of the demons were dispatched by Balaram and these demons that were dispatched by Balaram require some effort on the part of the Sadika so the other demons, Krishna is is naturally going to deal with as we continue in our sadhana. These obstacles will fall away because Krishna is, as I said, doing the heavy lifting. Shaito, darpanam. He's cleansing our heart as we associate with him. So here, though, we come to uh, Kasura and we see with Kasura that there, uh, Kasura was dispatched by. Lord Balaram and Bhaktivinod says that with the demons that Balaram dealt with there's some effort on the part of the sadhika so first what is what does he represent well he's keeping the residents of Raj away from the away from the sweet fruits the Tall trees, taller fruit, palm trees. So they're not able to get those fruits. So Bhaktivinoda points out that this is the simplest way to put it: is it's a canista mentality regarding devotional practice that is perpetrated upon upon devotees uh, which robs them of the true fruits of Raj Bhakti overemphasizing a religious life over a devotional life we're engaged in the process of devotional service to develop love attachment for the supreme personality of Godhead. That is our objective. Dinukasura would be that person that would rob us of that fruit and say the objective is is, relig- is the religious practice in and of, in and of itself. Let's read Bhaktivedanta's. Explanation again, and then we'll we'll walk through this because it's it's interesting the way it's, it, he says it, and as I said, it's very esoteric. So I want to read his explanation and uh, and kind of uh, take it apart a little bit. Subtle discrimination, fine discrimination, esoteric discrimination. Determine discrimination is extremely important for Vaishnavas. We don't just take things at face value. That's what he's saying here. We don't take things just at face value. We want to know what what, we want to really bear down on what being said by the spiritual masters what's being presented by the, the, the community of devotees, what's being presented by the Purva Acharyas in their writings we really want to get to the heart of the matter subtle discrimination is extremely important those who invent social distinctions they take it to the religious level and preach the unbreakable principles of vaishnavism by breaking while breaking them to suit their needs are said to possess gross discrimination we're not talking about again this is esoteric they could be pseudo because naturally just reading it one would say well these are devotees that are putting them forth as spiritual leaders which really, uh, but behind your back, they're really not living up to the standard. That would be one understanding. Okay? So they're putting themselves forward and saying this is the Vaishnava principle, but they themselves can't follow it. You follow it. Do as I say. What is it? Do as I say, not as I do. But they don't tell you what they do. They make you think they're doing what they're saying when they're not doing it at all. That would be one explanation. And the other action explanation is putting forth not the true objective of Vaishnavism, because Bhaktivinod will come out go on to say. They are controlled by gross discrimination. They don't really know what the goal is themselves yet. So therefore they may say and Bhakti Venod even used it in his explanation they may say don't read all these books about Raganuga Bhakti. Don't try to enter in deeply into these instructions. You just need a superficial knowledge of that. It's just not important to enter deeply into this into the Siddhanta of the Paramparabh that's that's really not necessary so that they'll just take the the superficial and put it forth as the whole understanding The ass cannot eat the sweet palm tree fruits. And he opposes others that may try to eat them. He hasn't yet, he hasn't heard enough from his guru and even if there is somebody that can take him to the next level of qualification to enter more deeply into the practice, he doesn't even take advantage of them. He's content with his regulative life instead of going deeper. And he's thinking that's that's all there is. And if anybody is going deeper because he doesn't have the subtle discrimination, he only has gross discrimination, he says that's a misconception. When truly his ideal of spiritual life is the real misconception. the purport is that the previous acharyas of the authorized sampradayas he also doesn't make it up as he's going along he doesn't come up with some convoluted idea of what is the guru parampara what is jiva tatva what is guru tatva what is rasa tatva no. He, the true Vaishnav has subtle discrimination and learns through hearing from an authority what are the actual truths of the Sampradaya that form the Sambandha. The Sambandha-gyan necessary to advance and easily engage in the Abhideya, the practice to reach the priogen the goal the lukas represents <coughs> those devotees that are not willing to enter deep enough into the practice to hear enough to properly advance that's okay if they if they can't do it but no Dinuka Sura goes so far as to say, "No, and what I this is this is all you can't. This is all this is the fruit. These deeper things are of no. So he guards the guards the spiritual. He doesn't even know he's guarding because he doesn't know what's in the storehouse of transcendental knowledge. He can't himself taste the fruits." He can't himself mine the gems. But if he refuses to allow you to do so. And if he sees that you're going somewhere else to mine those gems or to harvest those fruits, he immediately comes and tries to kick you down. That's Deinukesura. The act I mean, listen to Bhaktivinoda's words here. As like devotees who are simply interested in the regulative principles and under the control of gross discrimination are unable to attain a higher platform. They're unable to attain a higher platform. Vaishnava principles are so unlimitedly exalted that those who simply remain entangled in the regulative process without endeavoring to understand the science of attachment are complete, comparable to ordinary, fruitive workers. Therefore, until the ass Dana kasura is killed, one can not advance in the science of Vaishnavism. So this is a more, um, a deeper understanding of the cart demon. Because the cart demon was also, we talked about like the burden of regulative principles. Of That's our burden. But now we're talking about we as practitioners. First of all, the cart demon represented this load of spiritual, regative spirituality, what we call religion, as being the practitioner's understanding of what spiritual life was. So it was his cart. But now we're talking about not being able to use fine discrimination to advance in spiritual life because we're letting an ass get in our way. So this is the one of the ones that we're supposed to work on. Yes. So are there any recommendations as to how we are asking? What's the cure for it? What? How does one kill Dana Kasura? What does Lord Balaram represent? Guru. Guru. So Bhakti Vinod says, he says, when he says for these things Dana Kasura, Palumbasura, we have to take shelter of Lord Balaram. The true guru, both Diksha and Shiksha, Shiksha primarily for us. We're a Shiksha line. We have to take shelter of Balaram. Balaram will easily dispatch these demons. And then we can advance in our practice. So the key is hearing from the bona fide spiritual master. Are there any questions? Did you have one? Go ahead. Um, so, back to the the permanent pastimes as opposed to the occasional pastimes. The permanent pastimes, did you say that they're the apricot, Vila? And the traditional mm-hmm. yes. pastimes are the apricot. Vila? Yes, that's correct. Just wanted to clarify. So what if a person there, they uh, they want to take shelter of the guru, and they're trying to find out, but unfortunately their guru is not very far along, and they don't really understand. uh Doesn't they go to really the really deeper sentiments. They have to. They want to have faith in their guru, but that guru is not competent to to really help them out. But if they have that find discrimination to see that they need additional help over and above who their, maybe Diksha guru is Diksha is also giving Shiksha. but they see he's, there's more that they thirst for, they need more nourishment elsewhere they need to go elsewhere then they approach their guru and say please I need a little shiksha I see in this person some some knowledge I'd really like to acquire to advance in devotional practice can I take shelter there for learning some more and a Vaishnava will say yes of course if he says no that is the only instance where Jiva Goswami allows for uh, yeah so it's, it's a serious matter but uh, hopefully that ha- that is not the norm generally of course in the Vaishnava community unless there's, uh, there's some heavy sectarian influence. Uh, a guru will always, uh, if he sees his, his... Even the guru, even Srila Prabhupada, we saw in an instance or two, where uh, he knew that he was more qualified, but uh, go ahead. If you think you can find more there, go ahead. I don't think you can, But but there was no... You know, it was not a... Humility is always there, on the part of the Vaishnavas. So if that humility doesn't exist, then that's a problem. Does that answer your question? Hmm. Anything else? Thank you for your association. Hare Krishna. Hare.